Castaways. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelsey. And today we're just going to talk about some places that we've been that have been a little creepy. Kels recently just went on vacation, and mine will be of a place I went a long time ago. I was supposed to go to Salem, but that fell through because we have some really small little kitty babies that I felt bad leaving. Which you also might have heard in the last episode. They're little... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You still might hear that because they're right in the (laughs) room right next to us. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to set the scene of where we are right now, Kels? Sure. We are in your new studio. We we don't have Morty up, do we? Mm-mm. We don't have. He's Morty in with the kitties. Up. Yeah. Oh, he's watching over the kitties. Yeah. <laughs> he's watching over the kitties. Yeah. I'm drinking some orange black black orange tea that mm-hmm. I got from. Um, this Amish village. Oh, with cinnamon? With cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Well, I got it for Sarah, but we brewed that tea. That's what I'm drinking. What about you? I will also be having that tea in just a minute. I just have to pour it. Um, but currently, I have a little vodka with a little uh, mandarin seltzer and some mango juice. Ooh. I know. Yeah. And then what else do we got here? A little pink apple and lemon seltzer. Lemon. Mm-hmm. Because that shit runs in my veins. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Can't live without it. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to start off, Kels, and just tell everyone where you yeah. went? I went the to... The sights that were seen. <laughs> the grand state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Woo! With my family. And when I say family, I mean mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandfather, <laughs> papa. Step grandmother. <laughs> papa. <laughs> um, we stayed in this gorgeous Airbnb. It had a hot tub. I was in my glory. Yeah. Yes. But on Thursday of last week, no, last week, some of these weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what is <Yes>. time? <laughs> um, we went to Gettysburg. Mm. We did the museum. We did the entire battlefield. Mm. I was semi-forcefully put in charge of being everybody's tour guide. Mm. But that's okay. I had cousins and ancestors that both fought yeah. and died on that field. Yeah. Love that. Well, not love not that, not but great. like, I mean, love that you went there. Oh my God. <laughs> my ancestors are going to be popping out the grave like this bitch. I love that you died, bro. <laughs> oh my God. That's so offensive. <laughs> oh, no, love y'all. Don't come for me. Anyway, <laughs> anywho, um, that night, my dad and I um, signed up for a ghost hunt. Um, we tried to get my uncle to go. He refused. Um, so it was just my dad and I out of the seven of us. And it was kind of funny because the woman who put it on, her name was Cheyenne. She was super cool. If we lived closer, I would want to hang out with her because mm. she just like ghost hunts all the time. Love in Gettysburg, right? I Fuck. know. 
Um, <laughs> we got people that dress up in period costumes and tell stories in the cemetery. In our local cemetery. Oh my God. One of them. We have so many cemeteries around. I know. We spent way too much time in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, speaking about cemeteries, mm-hmm. um, the first spot. Oh, and by the way, um, I as I said, I should have known because it was a Thursday in the middle of September. Um, my dad and I thought that it was going to be like a group of 30 of us. Besides Cheyenne and my dad and I, there was one other person, mm. which I mean, was not bad because mm-hmm. we weren't on top of each other and oh, yeah. fighting over equipment and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I use that when you're done? Yeah, exactly. It was like waiting at the gym. Yes. <laughs> but I also, I don't know. I don't know his name. He was just kind of there. And so were we. So henceforth, I shall refer to him as Kevin. <laughs> love that kevin you know kevin (laughs) he looked like a kevin (laughs) um so the first spot because we went to two spots the first spot was at the base of cemetery hill in gettysburg um like right along the ridge is it cemetery ridge or cemetery hill i should know i just came back from let's that. go with cemetery hill because every like haunted town has a cemetery hill it's true so it's true it's, it's henceforth <laughs> will be known as cemetery <laughs> hill <laughs> proclaimed on today <laughs> um so anyway, <laughs> um, our first spot was the base of Cemetery Hill. Um, it was the base because after sunset, if you are caught on the battlefield, you owe a fine of $500 per person. So not not doing that. Like how do all these YouTubers and right? whoever the fuck just get in and out of these places and not get caught like some of them get caught like and i feel because we used to try to break into places when we were younger sure we were caught every single time (laughs) every single time yeah i don't know how these people invade authority i was never caught though when we went to the cemetery that we just went to today yeah Yeah, that thing that we mentioned about people in period clothing that just happened we thought we were gonna have a spooky night we thought it was like a ghost tour (laughs) in our one of our local cemeteries ma'am ghosts (laughs) where whom yeah it was not the demographic it was not one that we will be a part of for a very long time uh-huh which is fine just totally fine it was just not m- how it wasn't spooky ooky magooky none of that it was none of the above and sarah and i did not want to spend our saturday night Oh. Um, taking a .002 mile an hour stroll. And giving the most Virgo glances to each other. Oh, no. And I'm sure, I'm sure it was very cool. It's just that Sarah and I have lived here our entire lives. And so we know. I got Google for this shit. I can, I can just... 
oh, who's this McLean guy? Well, let's Google it. Oh, he, okay, cool. Well, see, All right, okay, just stand so- over the grave and, you know, into the, the fifth dimension. <laughs> the inscription on his grave says... <laughs> He died in 1859. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and I'm not shitting on historians. No, It was not very at all. well put together. It just yeah. wasn't what we expected. We exactly. thought we were like, oh, yeah, we're getting in the graveyard tonight. Right. And it was called, it was something like something from the stone or something. Yeah. And it sounded, and it was like, oh, candlelit tours. And we thought, because the cemetery is very haunted, mm-hmm. we thought it was going to be ghost stuff. And it wasn't. No. Which, which is fine. That's on us. Yes. <laughs> we, we didn't read the fine print. <laughs> we were too trusting. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't read the fine print. <laughs> Uh, so now we're here. <laughs> anyway. uh, so I did actually go ghost hunting <laughs> in Gettysburg with Papa. <laughs> um, it was also there tonight. Yes. Props to you, Tom. You made it. Yeah. You made it through. You did it. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> go dad. <laughs> Great endurance. <laughs> You have a stronger will than me. <laughs> He's probably having the time of his I life, know. honestly. <laughs> With that grin. He's probably in his glory. <laughs> That's how my dad laughs. That's not an exaggeration. Aw, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom and I... Um, so we were right at the base of Cemetery Hill... Um, and Cheyenne had, cause I've been on like ghost hunts before where they just kind of like give you like divination rods and they just kind of hand you off and they're like, all right, walk around. But this was like, she had K2s. She had multiple (laughs) divination rods. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make it more. Spicy. (laughs) Add a little bit of spice. She had like six K2s. She had a REM pod. Love that. I know. She had a music box. She had an... Well, she had multiple ovuluses, which... Where where do you find them? Because I don't... I sure as hell don't have one. No. Can't find them anywhere. No. So I snatched that. The second <laughs> yep, that's mine. <laughs> this is mine for this evening. Hands no, off. I will not be sharing. <laughs> um, and dad grabbed a K2 when we were all set up at Cemetery Hill. And so we were like in the trees and Cheyenne and I kept thinking that we saw shadows moving it was hard to tell because this was at like nine at night Mm. so it was super dark we were in a wooded area our only light was the almost full moon Mm. um so it was hard to see and we couldn't tell if it was our eyes playing tricks on us but we kept seeing like really dark movement Mm. across the path that we were on Nothing set off the music box, which we put kind of like at the front of the path so that if anything did walk, 
in front, like they'd have to walk in front of it. It didn't go off, unfortunately, but the REM pod lit up twice. Um, and we got a lot of activity on the spirit box. So we turn it on. There's like, of course, some gibberish in the beginning, and so we introduce ourselves. Bring me back my hamster. hamster. <laughs> Salami. <laughs> it was this TikTok that who did I send that? Did, did I you know. send it to me? Yeah, and I. <laughs> it's just about like clear audience and an example. It's just this girl laying in bed with like a towel in her hair, and it's like, hey, hi. hi. <laughs> Salami, <laughs> bring me back, back my, my hamster. hamster. <laughs> because that's exactly what having Claire audience is like. <laughs> it's just you're walking down the hallway. Hey, yeah, and then that's it. Like no that's other it. clarification. That's you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Just really oh, had hi. to get that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Which, funny enough, that's exactly what happened <laughs> on Spearbox. <laughs> Clear as day, just this male voice that went, Hey, we we're like, Hi, hello, <laughs> we are here. <laughs> uh, so we asked, What's your name? You know, like, My name is Cheyenne. Uh, and we got this voice that said, My name's Theo. Oh, I, I know. And so we were like, oh, Hi, Theo. Is there anything else you'd want to tell us? No. <laughs> that, that was all you had to say. No. So, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm quite done. No, I'm good. <laughs> we did get this little kid sounding voice that went, mm-hmm. Billy. Right? I know. It's really so- cool. Hi, Billy. And there was an orphanage, like, right up the road from the battlefield. Oh. Yeah. And, of course, like, an orphanage back in, like, the late 1800s, they're not treating the kids great. Oh, no. And what was health care? Mama, she wasn't invented yet. (laughs) Mama. (laughs) Mama. (laughs) Papa. So it could have been a little kid from the orphanage. He did not speak anymore, except saying that his name was Billy. Oh, I know. Uh, But we did get a few other voices. We started walking closer to the ridgeline where um, the Confederates kind of lined up during the nighttime of day two and day three Mm -hmm. of the battle. Mm -hmm. And they were just kind of like picked right off. Like the Union Scout Psalm and just pew pew. Mm. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's a lot closer than pew pew. <laughs> uh, oh my God, it just makes me think of that scene in The Patriot. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. Heath Ledger, yes. baby. Oh, but not, not a cute scene when no. the cannonball mm. just like mm. takes that guy's leg. <laughs> Oh God! <gasps> I that's something that like stays in my mind rent free. Oh my God! I can I like I picture it weekly. Oh, 
There was a man at the arsenal in Waterfleet, and they make cannons still. But there was a like technician or someone who was cleaning the cannon, and it went off, yeah. and it like quite literally, <clears throat> yeah, brutal. Yeah, to think that that <laughs> yeah, what a way to go. In I know the. Uh, and also you know not 1800s what the oh wow yeah. the lights just flickered yeah did you see that yep hi <laughs> hi <laughs> hi <laughs> hey <laughs> um but yeah so pew. they just <laughs> yep pew pew it got picked off um so Cheyenne asked, you know, like, should we be going here? What mm-hmm. should we be doing? We get this deep Southern voice that just goes, hold your ground. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like every muscle in our bodies were just like, oh, Okay. That sounds like something you'd hear in like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes. Hold your, Hold your ground. <laughs> okay, Brad Pitt. Right? <laughs> Lieutenant Al Dover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And I want my Nazi scouts. <laughs> yeah, so the spirit of Brad Pitt just came over in the spirit box. Yes. In Tarantino film. Right. Specifically that version of Brad Pitt. Yes. <laughs> wow. We held our ground. <laughs> Who wouldn't know? <laughs> oh, we were we were commanded. So I'm not I'm not gonna defy a ghost. Okay, commander. <laughs> oh, oh wait for it. <laughs> Because we didn't get anything on the spirit box after that until we were almost packing up. Meanwhile, I'm five feet tall and like 123 pounds soaking wet. I go over to the spirit box and I'm like, who is your commanding officer? (laughs) But we got this one voice that said, which in retrospect is going to sound really funny, but wait... (laughs) Because one voice said, Bob. And we were like, oh, okay. The most unassuming, if your name is Bob, I'm sorry. Right. It's just, it doesn't fit the time period. Yes. Yeah. Bob. Bob. (laughs) (laughs) But this other voice chimed in and said, Lee. So, oh fuck! Right. So we That's were a charged name nowadays too. So Robert E. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Robert E. Lee. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, that's exciting though. All of that in Gettysburg. Yeah. yeah. And our second spot that we went to, is we only stayed there for like forty-five minutes. But our second spot was Saks Bridge, which I have kind of always said that like Bridges as a ghost hunter was never something that I like jumped at the chance 
to do. Oh my god, like, I can't wait. To, mm. This is so similar to my topic right now, and I'm just like, yeah. I love it. Well, in ways. Ah, yeah. I love it. I love a good surprise. <laughs> also, love a covered bridge. Beetlejuice. Oh, that's, what it, that's what it was, dude. A covered bridge. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> what was his name? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, dude. Oh, wasn't he also in that movie, um, Jack Frost? He was like a snowman. Oh, was he? Oh, cute. I Michael. Don't <laughs> he was in, um, not that you know, but the, the Spider-Man, the new, the new Spider-Men movies. Men? Well, there's plural. M- now there's multiple. Andrew, the last Andrew, Spider-Man I saw was Toby. The last Spider-Man movie with, I almost said Peter Parker, with Tom Holland <laughs> as Peter Parker. <laughs> the and- last one with Peter Parker? <laughs> Yo. Done deal. <laughs> the best performance I've seen yet. <laughs> anyway, getting back to... Tobey Maguire, and then Spider-Man, and then Michael Keaton, and then Beetlejuice and Covered Bridges. Wow! Off the dome. Thank you. Oh Thank my you. gosh. <laughs> wow! <laughs> we investigated a covered bridge. <laughs> it's called Saks Bridge. Dun-dun-dun! Spooky! <laughs> um, it's across... Like the road, if anybody's been to Gettysburg, it's across the road where the peach orchard leads out to. And the the peach orchard, dude, I mean, it's gorgeous, but you just like 14,000 people died in that area in one day. But you get out of the peach orchard and it's just, it's like oppressive, the energy there. Oh, that's like my favorite spot on the tour. Because it just, it's so energetically different. Ooh. And even my mom stepped out and she was like, whoa. <gasps> Love like, that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it's across the road from there. Mm. And the Confederates used the bridge to retreat from Gettysburg mm-hmm. after the three-day battle. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's supposed to be super haunted, but it's supposed to be super haunted. So went there. Did some investigating, obviously. I grabbed the ovulus. This one's mine. <laughs> I've never gotten to use one before. Stands up. <laughs> My dad took a K2. We set up the REM pod. We set up the music box. Again, the music box did not go off. I don't know what Kevin grabbed. He... <laughs> he... Oh, went off on his own. I don't know. But, well, dad and I were investigating one end of the bridge and we weren't getting anything. And then Cheyenne said that the ovulus will talk your ear off at the other end of the bridge. So I was like, all right, let's try that. Walk there, like immediately getting to the end. The ovulus was like, Freedom, slavery, succession, abolition, farmers, field, work. And it was like, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Uh (laughs) You're yelling at me. Um, 10 minutes later, Cheyenne catches up to us. She, unbeknownst to her, um, starts telling us the story about a freed enslaved person. His name was Paul. After the war, he was taken in by farmers right across the field from where we were. 
Um, and in lieu of paying them room and board, he would just work on their farm for them. And so I'm thinking that Paul was trying to speak through the ovulus. Because I, I just all of a sudden, just like freedom, slavery, succession, farmers, field, work. Um, and Cheyenne got like super jazzed about that. She was like, you have to write about that mm. on our website. And I was like, I will. I haven't. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. But so that was um, <clears throat> like right at the beginning not too much happened after that. The REM pod did go off twice uh, without anybody being in the vicinity at all. Mm-hmm. There was this funny um, kind of interaction. I don't know if it was Paul still or what, but well, before that, the ovulus kind of like went in a spurt like that again, probably like half an hour into investigating mm-hmm. there. And it said, mind, feeling, being, no, psychic. And I said, oh, I have some psychic abilities. Do you want me to try and tap into them Mm -hmm. so I can, like, communicate with you that way? Right after I get done asking the question, the ovulus goes, please. And I was like, aww. Yeah. And so what was really funny was I tried, like, centering myself, getting into the headspace. Because, like, I didn't go on this ghost hunt, like, completely open. Mm -hmm. Like... There's like a Confederate ghost doesn't have to follow me home. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So I wasn't super open. I tried opening myself up and before I could like really cross that threshold, the ovulus again said, it's a head surprise. And I was like, what's a head? Like what surprise? Nothing. The ovulus didn't say one more word after that. So dad and I turn around at the other end of the bridge and three people who weren't in our group, mm. three people came around the bend cool. and like started walking down yeah, the bridge. That's what I'm like, talking oh, about. <laughs> that's the surprise. Other people. Cool. <laughs> um, they, one guy jumped out of his skin because he walked in front of the music box. He probably didn't know. You know oh, like, no. The sound was going to come yeah, out. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> the only other thing that really happened, Kevin did not get anything. I don't know where he was for most of the investigation. Nobody knew where the fuck Kevin was. Kevin what the fuck Kevin was doing. Fucked off. He We need to talk about Kevin, right? smoking a cig. I don't know. <laughs> he said, this is nah. I'm not spending, <laughs> I'm not spending us my tonight. Yes. We were Kevin. Yes. Are we Kevin? <gasps> Are we Kevin? We were Kevin tonight. We we were Kevin. All right, Kevin. All right. Cheers, you. Kevin. <laughs> Takes one to know one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. shit. So the only other thing which Kevin was around for, because he did actually take a smoke break, Well, Cheyenne got out um, a cigarette and lit it up and put it um, on, like, the railing. Oh, yeah. 
sometimes I can like really stir them up. And so she lit it and she was like, this is for you. Like, if you want to take a puff, go ahead. I used to do that for my friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. Yeah. Which is like nice. Yeah. And, um, it's also such an active offering. Exactly. Exactly. On the spirit box, it did say, well, some guy said smoke. (gasps) I know. It's like a smoke break with you. Yeah. Just chilling out. Talking uh talking to a ghost, Billy, Theo. We got Bob, Billy, and Theo in the back. <laughs> Except Bob. Well I don't wanna uh, Yeah, maybe maybe not him. No, not Bob. Well probably also not Theo. No. <laughs> Come uh, on, Billy, a nine year old. What the fuck? <laughs> the coolest thing though was that and like could it have just been like a wind, a wind gust, sure. But at one point, <laughs> oh, it's like I'm there. <laughs> but at one point, the cigarette like moved on its own. It like turned and it turned towards the bridge and Cheyenne said, oh, if that's you touching it, can you turn it the other way? And sure enough, it spun the other way before spinning like right back to the position that it was in so could it have been something elemental sure Mm. but it wasn't like it wasn't windy that night and we didn't feel anything when that was happening and it was like it was either a big coincidence or it was on cue so who knows yeah the craziest thing though is when we were leaving Saxbridge, we got in our cars turned all the headlights on Across the field, which it's it's a mowed field, it's completely flat, it's not that big, there's like four peach trees, which are very small and sparse, you can't hide behind nothing else. It's just field that mm-hmm. you can see forever. We have like half of our body in our cars, and all of a sudden, it sounded about, it sounded like there were three people. We just hear this thing from the field or three people or whoever goes, I don't know, just go. And does that not sound like the rebel yell? Like just straight up, like reverberating across the empty space. Jesus. And yeah, and Cheyenne like hopped right back out, turned on her super, super strong flashlight, shining it all around. We had our headlights on. There was nothing. Like there was no shadow. There was no movement. There was no person. So I have no clue. So I think I experienced some ghost at Gettysburg. Yeah. Which is really fucking cool. (laughs) Yep. Sounds like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like addicting. Mm-hmm. So, my topic, what do you think? What, if you had to guess what I'm chatting about today? <laughs> um, my guess is maybe somewhere up north. No. Okay. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope. Um, not not in this country. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It really narrows it down. Yeah. Jeez. 
I don't know. Okay. I'm talking about the Tower of London. Ooh. Yeah. So for obvious reasons, um, Britain and London really specifically has been in the news quite a bit lately. And whether or not, you know, you, uh, I don't know. Fuck with the queen or not. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) The Tower of London. I went there probably like uh, a decade ago now. Yeah. So I don't really remember any like thing that I really witnessed other than what I felt in a couple places. Mm. But I got these books in the gift shop when I was there. One of them is called The Ghost of the Tower of London by G. Abbott. Ooh. And the other one is The Mysteries of the Tower of London. But I'm just going to be reading from Ghost of the Tower of London. Just like mm. a couple passages about yeah. like some of the towers in there. And oh, this is fucking cool shit. <laughs> I have just a little bit of background about a couple of things there. This is from NBC. Dating back to 1070. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. <laughs> The Tower of London acted as a fortress, a prison, and a palace at various points throughout history. At least one king and perhaps two young princes have been murdered inside its walls. Within the tower, there are these famous ravens. Hmm. Um, Obviously, they're beautiful, they're ravens. They have a lot of lore surrounding them, too. Love that. So that just had me thinking that it's important to make the distinction between, like, crows and yeah. ravens. Yeah. I mean, even where we were today in the cemetery, there was, like, crows just everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thinking was, about my notes that I did just before we left. That was the only cool part. Yeah. <laughs> and rolling And, like, up. obviously being in a cemetery. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the history was cool. Yeah. But, but you know, yeah. it's just... anyway so ravens differ from crows in appearance by their larger bill tail shape flight pattern and just overall larger size ravens are as big as red-tailed hawks and crows are about the size of pigeons Hmm. Uh, raven wings are shaped differently than crow wings with longer primaries or uh, fingers it says in quotes Hmm. and it does look like fingers like right at the end of their wings yeah it also has more space between them. Uh, so it just looks like fingers that are like more spread out and <laughs> Jazz longer. <hands>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, crows have a more blunt and splayed wingtip that's not as pointy. So raven calls. The common raven makes a variety of calls, and this is all from allaboutbirds.com. Ah. <laughs> the common raven makes a variety of calls, including these sounds. Crack, talk, and wonk, wonk. Is what it says. It's like there's a raven in this room right now. <laughs> but I did pull up what they sound like. Yeah. The normal crow call is a loud caw or awk, often vocalized in a short series like caw, caw, caw. (laughs) They produce a variety of rattles, coos, and clear notes. Huh. Yeah. I hear that every morning. (laughs) Yep, yep. So the ravens of the Tower of London 
are a group of at least six captive ravens resident at the tower. Their presence is traditionally believed to protect the crown and the tower. A superstition holds that if the Tower of London ravens are lost or fly away, the crown will fall and Britain with it. And that's from Tristial Wikipedia. Hmm. Historic UK states that the first royal observatory was housed in the northeastern turret of the White Tower. Legend has it that John Flamsteed, who died in 1719, the astronomical observator complained to King Charles II that the birds were interfering with his observations. The king therefore ordered their destruction only to be told. Yeah, I know. Ordered their uh, destruction. Yeah. (laughs) Their birds. That's really metal. Oh yeah. Only to be told that if the ravens left the tower, the white tower would fall and a great disaster befall the kingdom. Sensibly, the king changed his mind and decreed that at least six ravens should be kept at the tower at all times to prevent disaster. Hmm. So currently, they have Jubilee, Harris, Grip, Rocky, Aaron, and Poppy. Hmm. Their lodgings are to be found next to Wakefield Tower, which I will read a little bit about in the Ghost of Tower book. Yeah. They consume six ounces of raw meat and bird formula biscuits soaked in blood each day. Holy shit. So they're vampires. Love that. <laughs> so we got six, right? So there's Damon, Stefan, Elijah, Klaus, yep. Rebecca, <laughs> and fucking Elena. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Can we so. do like Kai <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> there used to be a seventh raven, Merlina. She went missing last year. And the tower said in a statement, her continued absence indicates to us that she sadly might have passed away. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. We hardly knew ye. (laughs) They said that she was the undisputed ruler of the roost and called her. I know. Right. And called her queen of the tower ravens. I know. I want that title. I know. Queen of the Tower Ravens. Yeah. So when I was walking through there, the energy is, it just feels piercing. Yeah. I just remember that it felt very active. Sort of like, like Fort William Henry or like Ticonderoga, where it just feels like there's people walking around you or like jogging like they gotta get somewhere you know just like doing their day-to-day yeah tower slash fortress stuff and it feels like that obviously there's millions of people that go there Mm -hmm. just to tour it each year but there's also the constant stir of energy of the river thames Mm. and right next to it with the tower bridge right there yeah if you think about that like water is such a conductor of energy Mm-hmm. And that place is just like running rampant with yeah. spirits for many reasons. So a couple things that I just wanted to read from <laughs> the ghosts of the Tower of London. <laughs> if I pronounce anything incorrectly, do not come for me. <laughs> I just mean well. Yeah. And I'm just going to read straight out of this. I'm not paraphrasing anything. 
The area between the inner and outer walls of the Tower of London is known as the Outer Ward. The southernmost stretch from the Byward Tower to the Salt Tower is Water Lane, the River Thames once flowing there before the construction of the outer wall in the 13th century. So again, thinking about like what I was just talking about, like obviously water is such a conductor. It used to literally float through that place. Right. Like that's crazy. The other three sides of the outer ward are called the casemates. These vaulted rooms within a fortified place are stores, workshops, and the residence of uh, yeoman warders, their families, and other staff. Over the centuries, prisoners traversed the outer ward on their way out to a prison tower or while being escorted to their deaths. So it was like their death walk. Jeez. Yeah. It's hardly surprising, then, that this area has its fair share of occurrences that defy rational explanation, which makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. On the outer lane stands the Wakefield Tower, which I mentioned briefly earlier. One of the most ancient towers within the fortress. Built in the 13th century, it served many uses. Entrance to the long-demolished royal apartments, storehouse for state treaties and papers, depository of the crown jewels, and state regalia, which is obviously highly contested. Uh The most gruesome function, however, was that of a prison, its dungeon being capable of confining scores of doomed wretches within its cold, barbaric walls. Wow, what a line. Mm Mm-hmm. The Wakefield's most distinguished prisoner was, without a doubt, King Henry VI. This gentle, learned monarch, fated by birth to wear the crown, was ill-equipped to be the firm, decisive leader demanded by a country torn by civil strife. As the fortunes swung in the War of Roses, so Henry VI first ruled from Westminster, then suffered captivity in the Tower. There, finally, on a Tuesday night of the 21st of May... 1471, betwixt (laughs) 11 and 12 of the clock, the Duke of Gloucester, being then at the tower, and many others, the sad king met his end. Whilst praying in the little oratory in the upper chamber of the Wakefield Tower, he was stricken with a dagger full of deadly holes. (laughs) A dagger, many people believe, wielded by the Richard... The Richard. There's no the there. I made that up. I just included that out of, I don't know. Wielded by Richard of Gloucester, though no proof of this exists. And it is said that the king's pale figure has been seen wandering outside the chamber in which he was so brutally slain. And that the figure appears between 11 o'clock and midnight. I also just love the word betwixt. I know. Oh, poor little kitty. He's like, I hear you in there. Yeah. So the inner ward is the area surrounding the White Tower and is bordered by the inner wall. For many centuries, when royalty resided in the White Tower in the royal apartments, the inner ward was for the exclusive use of royalty and the nobles of the court. Also within the protection of the inner wall stored the nation's armory, state papers, regalia, and jewels. Again, very highly contested. Mm-hmm. Yikes. During <laughs> these centuries, there was only one entrance to the inner ward, a heavily guarded archway between a gatehouse known originally as the Garden Tower. It overlooked the gardens of the lieutenant's lodging, but later as the Bloody Tower. Situated only yards for, or from the Traitor's Gate, it served admirably as a prison for princes and knights, bishops, and judges. 
Here, in Queen Mary's reign, languished Thomas Cranmer, Archbishop of Canterbury, Bishop Latimer of Winchester, and Nicholas Ridley, Bishop of London. Mm. Opposing the Pope's supremacy, they were condemned as heretics and later burnt to death at Oxford. Jesus. Yep. You know what? Solidarity, my guys. (laughs) Here in the same reign, again, Queen Mary... John Dudley, Duke of Northumberland, was confined for attempting to make his daughter-in-law, Lady Jane Grey, Queen of England. He perished beneath the axe on Tower Hill, and the vast crowd cheered as he died. Jesus. Judge Jeffreys, the hanging judge of the Monmouth Rebellion in 1685, eventually caught by the mob, was placed in the Bloody Tower for his own protection, where he drank himself to death with copious draughts of brandy. Oh my god. The Bloody Tower also heard the whispering of evil conspirators when Sir Thomas Overbury survived fearful poisoning for over four months. Whoa. He had sought to persuade his friend Robert Carr not to marry the vicious Countess of Essex, but he underestimated her influence and malice. Finally, her poisonous concoctions took effect, and in the Bloody Tower, he died a horrifying death. Oh my god. But if the stones could speak, surely they would lament the deaths of the two little princes in 1483. I mentioned them briefly a little while ago. Confined, it is said, in the upper chamber of the Bloody Tower, again, the two small boys, 12-year-old King Edward V and his 9-year-old brother Richard, Duke of York, were taken from their mother's care in the custody into the custody of their uncle, Richard, Duke of Gloucester. Placed in the Bloody Tower, they were never seen again. The country could not continue without a ruler, so the Duke of Gloucester became King Richard III. Boo. Tradition states that one boy was smothered, the other stabbed to death. Skeletons discovered in 1674 beneath an external stairway of the White Tower were assumed to be theirs. And so, there are two small ghosts, hand in hand, clad in white nightgowns. Always with the fucking white nightgowns, man. They have been seen around the Bloody Tower, a sight for pity and compassion rather than terror. Be they innocent children or worldly adults, the Bloody Tower spared none. Hmm. And that brings me to... (laughs) The final place I want to talk about, the Salt Tower. I remember this from walking around in there and just exploring. I remember feeling confined Mm -hmm. and like there was Mm -hmm. someone on both sides of me in the Salt Tower. Even when I was not close to someone in there, I felt like I was. Yeah. So the Salt Tower, this passage overall is pretty short, so I'm just going to read it all. Uh, The Salt Tower guards the southeast corner of the Inner Ward. Originally, it could only be entered via the embattlements, so it would be the Beauchamp Tower and others. The lower room, therefore, was dark and a dungeon, half underground, though upper cells were a little bit better. Dating from the 13th century, it too confined many prisoners behind its grim walls. Most of them were Jesuit priests, caught in the religious persecutions of the 16th and early 17th centuries. One was Henry Walpole, a young Englishman. 
He had witnessed the execution of Jesuit priests, men who had been terribly tortured for their Catholic beliefs. This spectacle, at a time when this country was at a war with Spain, only inspired Walpole to take over their task. Already converted, he became a Jesuit, and in 1589, he joined the Spanish army in Flanders as a chaplain. Four years later, he returned further to the Catholic cause. He was captured and sent to the Tower of London. Their every effort was made to extract information from him. Despite being racked many years, or many, many years, Jesus. Oh my God. Despite being macked, macked. Oh my God, I'm doing this man so dirty right now. I am sorry. Also, if you can hear people in the background, we have visitors. Yes. Um, okay. Four years later, he returned to further the Catholic cause. He was captured and sent to the Tower of London. He was imprisoned in the Salt Tower, and there, on the cold stone walls, he carved his name and those of the saints who gave him strength and fortitude of soul to endure torture and confinement. At last, in 1595, he was taken to York, where he was tried and executed, probably by being burned alive. Oh my god. Yikes. One late afternoon in 1973, a yeoman warder visited the Salt Tower. He had recently been reading a book about the Jesuits, a book which discredited their principles and condemned them as traitors. He mounted the narrow winding stairs and alone in the gathering room, he studied the inscription so laboriously carved by tortured hands. Without warning, a sudden glow illuminated the prison chamber and he felt something touch him on the back of the neck. For one moment, he stood frozen with fear, then hardly knowing what he was doing, he fled down the spiral stairs and out of the arched doorway. It was some considerable time later that he was able to control his racing pulses and calm down. Yeoman warders are not given to imagining things, but the book, needless to say, is no longer in his possession. Nor... Is it only sensations which pervade this particular tower? On the 12th of January, 1957, soon after midnight, two guardsmen on sentry duty saw a shapeless white form high up in the battle-mounted roof of the salt tower, and they stared unbelievingly, and they saw an apparition linger, then slowly faded away. Just a few yards from the salt tower stands the new history gallery. Before its foundations were laid, excavations took place alongside the base of the Roman wall there. At a depth of more than 15 feet, a grave was discovered in 1976, a grave containing the skeleton of a young man. He lay on his back, his knees slightly bent, his hands crossed before him. His head was tilted to one side, and in the skull gaped an ugly hole. Hmm. Who was he, the Iron Age youth? who had lain there for nearly 2,000 years, making making his the earliest human remains to have been found to date within the city. How different was his life from ours? How violent his death and why? Mm. And will his spirit return to drift phantom-like in the dim recesses of the history gallery to reproach those who dared to violate his last resting place? Mm. And in conclusion, this book says... I would smile me a smile, sing me a song, dance a dance, as the day is long. But who would I partner, death or delight? Now that is the question. That is the fright. (laughs) Some would say death is the delight. Yeah, that was a pretty... um, 
just heavy. Yeah. All fortresses like that, I feel like, have that very oppressive yeah. feeling to for many reasons, each of them specific right. to the plays. But it was just yeah. not nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. They're always so like cold and hard and closed in. Yeah. And like, I, I get why, but it Ugh. just, it really adds to the atmosphere. Definitely. Like reading that thing about the salt tower, I remember walking down those stairs and feeling exactly like that. Like, ew, yeah. there's someone right behind. Ew. <laughs> Like, I don't care if you're a ghost man, just don't get that close to me. What the fuck? No. <laughs> I have a personal... Uh, yeah. Bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm at a concert, it's fine. Yeah. Speaking of which... Different. Yeah. We're going to one. We are. My friend is in a really great band. And it's sort of like a like surf punk. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. Totally my vibe. It's his birthday show today. Oh, shit. I know. My boyfriend and our friend Stefan... No relation <laughs> to the Salvatores. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we're all going, so. Yeah. Since our plans earlier in the day did not pan out, and we thought yeah. that we'd be recording when the show started. Yeah. It, we're free now, and we're right. going to redeem our Saturday our night. Saturday night, yeah. So I'm going to make another cocktail mm. while I get ready. I'm going to change. Yeah. Gotta put jeans on. Yeah. And not these. Gotta get our out of the house. Joggers. <laughs> out of the house pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I have on the uh, Ouija. Ew. Mm. Oh, Ouija. Oh. Waluigi. Made by uh, Luigi. Ouija <laughs> 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 pants on. <laughs> Sound like I said I have a penis on, didn't it? It did. It did. It did. Dude, dude, okay, listen. Because I was driving. What are you about to tell me? I was driving home last night from work. Okay. Blaring. I was in such a nostalgic mood. I was blaring System of a Down. And I saw that on your Spotify. Right? I was like, okay. Right. Let's do this. Much 2005. And then I still put on my chemical romance anyway, but oh, I saw course, that dude. and respect. Oh, MCR all the way. Oh. Green Day, hello. Long ago, <laughs> just like the <laughs> We are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was driving. I should not say this anywhere, probably. <laughs> but here we go. But here we go. <laughs> My Sag Moon is out today. <laughs> I thought while listening to System of a Down, which guys I respect, hello, super talented. Um, if I had a penis, I would be a nightmare. No. Oh. I like I get it. Like I get why guys are like that. Because if I had one. Yeah, I would think I was, like, God's gift to Earth. I'd be like, yeah, look at this thing. <laughs> look at the schlong. <laughs> helicopter, helicopter. <laughs> 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 wow. 
I mean, I got that Virgo rising, and my least favorite ex was a Virgo man. If you are a Virgo man, I'm <sighs> sorry about it. Virgo? He who shall not be named. Mm, okay, okay, yep. I've never dated a Virgo. I've been with Virgo like, women are great. Yeah. I've dated, my longest relationship was with a Taurus man. They're Tauruses my are other ex. so yeah. The, They're so attractive <laughs> to date <laughs> them. Slamming my head against them. <laughs> yeah, I really lucked out. Yeah, yeah. He's my <laughs> my man's and my bandmate. That's your man. And we're also using his beautiful mics. Yeah. And shout out all me. Yer. Yeah, it's about that time. He's gonna come yell at us. Gotta get get ready. ready. (laughs) All right. Till next time. Bye. gonna hear me say like if I had a dick (laughs) that was the chair on the floor I swear to god (laughs) let's see if I can do I swear to god I swear to god it was the chair (laughs) (laughs) yeah well now everyone thinks I farted so Sarah farted (laughs)